Alrighty, good evening, ladies and gents, listening to the Creekcast podcast. This is the preview. We're previewing our Port Adelaide boys at home tomorrow at Adelaide Oval, taking on the Sydney Swans. A four oh five first bounce at, uh, with all after all the COVID uh, kerfuffle this week, with um, Sydney sadly uh, going into a bit uh, having a pretty serious little outbreak there. Hopefully, it doesn't get too much more serious, but it's certainly been a, an alarming number of cases um, from that first case about a week ago whatever it was and um yeah, it's um necessitated the unfortunate um shifting of game times and whatnot with uh the whatever the uh rulings are from sa health and i don't agree i kind of don't understand why they have to move a game three hours to allow it in and out via plane when <laughs> after all that last time with geelong uh, Geelong ended up staying the night anyway because of fog in melbourne and things that they can't out of their control so they ended up having to stay the night anyway so um, it's it, look. Some people I think it works better for. Some people it doesn't. Um, but the fact is, everyone that was planning to go were planning around a seven o'clock game, and um, a few people have had to. I've seen a few people on Twitter that um have said that they they can't go because work they work their entire day around it, whether it be work or guys that play footy. Um, that's what happened. That that is just part of what we we knew we were going to deal with this year, but it's still a little bit probably a little bit frustrating because it just doesn't seem like the the. It seems like the kind of thing there is a workaround for. You could probably let them stay the night, I think, but they're just so secure. They're so dead set with this bio bio ro- runway in and out of the city that they just don't want them, you know, contend- uh, coming into the contact any more than they have to, which I get that coming in and out is probably better to enhance that. But, you know, when we're getting to a point with the contact tracing and all that, I feel like these are the, the reasons we're doing all these other things is to allow a little bit more flexibility and it seems like they're still not allowing that flexibility and instead they're screwing over the punter a little bit um, as far as these game these game shifts um, that are not exactly necessary when you're in states that aren't um, having any issues. But uh, we just got to roll with it and then deal with it and I'm not going to... I'm obviously not going to complain too much as long as we keep going to the footy and staying safe and all that stuff, but it's just one of those little little frustrations that just is popping up lately with these last few weeks and the un, the unknown really. Um, if... if the, the decisions were made sooner. It's um, I'm getting off work early enough to get down there. Still, I've just worked around it. Luckily, because I work with family, it's um, but it's still a pain because it's it's gonna possibly you know it's I'm losing out on a bit of, bit more work because I'm gonna leave earlier. Um, and it it was just a bit of the anxiety of what, not knowing because um, I had um. You know, the boss asked me what my hours, <laughs> what my availability was, and I said, look, I can't actually tell you what. Because there's an unknown, there's rumours, and they said, oh, I'm doing the sh- shifts now. I said, look, put me on, and, I'll, and hopefully it just stays where it is. And then it got moved, so I said, oh, I had to say, look, if I can get off a little bit earlier, that would be good, and I'm going to try to, but may miss the start if I can't. So um, it's just one of those ones where it's like, if it just decisions were made sooner, um, it would help a lot as well, because I think it would have helped a few people as well, but... It is what it is. I'm not going to. I've I've spent the first two minutes here kind of complaining, but it is just kind of the, the it is the flip side of the coin to everyone. You know the the decisions they're making are, you know, when it seemed like there was going to be a decision made anyway. It's just like just make the decision and let's just move on with it. But there's a couple of days of oh, I've sent Sydney the sent Sydney the info. They've got to agree to it and all that stuff. It's just 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 fucking get it done. Um, the sitting around and the sitting on hands and um, the kind of weird rulings that they're putting down on it is just a bit of a frustration when we're um when everything else is going pretty well so uh is what it is but 
the th- good thing is we're getting a game of footy in. Um, we're going to be playing Sydney tomorrow. We're going to be playing Sydney, hopefully, in, a pr- in front of a pretty good crowd. Um, because the fl- I guess the flip side is that maybe some, I don't know um, who out there, and you can tweet at us and let us know how it's cha- worked for you. Um, but the game time might have helped some people, with the, particularly being a bit earlier. It might um, encourage a few more people that don't like the... 7.10 starts and the late finishes and getting home and all that stuff. The 4.05 start may actually in, engage a few more that um, prefer those afternoon games. So it would be good if we get a good crowd there and everyone enjoying it. And regardless of the game time start, as long as I'm in my seat, I don't really care. I don't really care. I actually don't care. <laughs> like games could be on a Tuesday night. I'd get there. It's just the, the ability to plan around them is my main thing. So, um, But I've hopefully got my work around figured out and I'll get get into the ground just in time tomorrow, hopefully, is the plan. If uh, <laughs> is the plan so uh yeah we'll be all right but um yeah after all that and um, then the unknowns and even the, sl- the the crazy rumor that was popping around and i don't well i don't think it was a rumor it was a genuine chance if uh, if things i think it was just the the backup if for some reason the sa health and sydney came to an impasse that we could be playing in geelong that was a wild one that i really didn't want to see happen um that would have been just um an absolute death knell to the not to any like I still think Port could go win win in Geelong against Sydney. It's just uh, you know in a game that like this, which I'm gonna say is another eight pointer, like the Geelong one was a few weeks ago. Um, it's a it's a real you know it's a real important to have that home field advantage. I think and and particularly that our last game at home was against Geelong and we got turned over and Port will be wanting to um, get a big win in front of the home crowd against a side that's just um, a game away from us below us um, on the ladder and. And get the get a big win and get the points and um and certainly with the way the ladder's looking at the moment um it is certainly an eight pointer um a win over Sydney will get us uh, eight points clear of Sydney um we're game clear at the moment so obviously Sydney win they become tied with us and percentage uh, is pretty healthily in our favour but depending on how it goes um we would be tied on points certainly probably just a just above them on percentage but. Um, like I said, they win. They're tied with us uh, on points. If we win, we're eight points clear. So a real eight-pointer again, um, just like Geelong was a couple of weeks ago. And particularly with Geelong, um, it's, you know, I'm doing this preview at 11. It's now 11.06 on Friday night. Um, you know, it's it's interesting doing these previews. I could have done it before the Thursday night match last night. But I usually wait until I see the teams now that they're doing Thursday teams again and then um, just end up deciding to do it tonight. Um We've seen Geelong lose last night, um, pretty in a pretty healthy fashion. Um, so their percentage is actually um, a couple of percentage points lower than us. So a win for us should get us into third, um, and a good win would poss- uh, sorry a win will get us into fourth. A good win could uh, potentially pop us into third um, yeah, with uh, Geelong and Brisbane having already played, and uh, we uh, a win either way would see a, a four way tie on forty points. Um, obviously, the Bulldogs yet to play, but um, yeah, there's just a lot of permutations with the, with the, how the table is looking. Obviously, I said Geelong and Brisbane playing last night adds an extra dimension to how I'm doing the preview, and certainly tonight we've just witnessed Richmond get absolutely handled by St Kilda. A great win for St Kilda, and um, with everything they've been going through over the last few weeks, um, whether it be just um, that horrible um, just capitulation to Adelaide. Um, as well as the fact that all the off-field media stuff with Seb Ross and Tim Embry and all that stuff that's just unnecessary. And a lot of questions being asked about where they're going after last year. And certainly I said in my mid-season report card, I, just, I think um, it's probably a bit of overreaction to how St. Kitt are going. I think they just probably jumped ahead of the curve a little bit last, last year and they've made a few big money acquisitions and just things aren't quite gelling. But I don't think they're as far off as um, they're just having a bad run. But 
you know, six and eight, they're only um, they're only a game outside of the eight just currently. Um, depends how we go with GWS and Essendon this week as to how that actually ends up shaking up at um, Richmond. A, a fair chance to be outside of the eight by the end of this round. So with that in mind, you know, Port also are going to be potentially opening up um, a two-and-a-half game gap on eighth um, and as well as getting themselves into the four with a win. So it's really just such an important game tomorrow. Every game as as the season progresses is going to get um, um, every bit more important. Um, as far as just making sure we keep track of that top four and um, certainly with the way the results and teams are taking points off each other at the moment, um, find, finding a comfortable spot in the top four is certainly right, right within our grasp at the minute and uh, we need to finally take that opportunity. And um, as well as, you know, just what the... I, the flat track bully stuff and the not getting a scalp stuff is, is interesting. And I, I've said, a few, and anyone that listens regularly will know that I'm... I'm all for just beating up on the opposite on the lower teams because that's what's keeping us in the hunt. And um, then we just need to start grabbing these scalps here and there. Uh, one of these big teams. So Sydney certainly um, they started the season hot at four and zero, and then they've they've gone four and five since. Um, but they're still getting still probably some of the games they've lost they haven't lost by much, and the uh, games they're winning they're still getting some impressive wins along the way. So Sydney uh, with how they're going um, is a big big scalp tomorrow if we can get it, and we should get it, and I hope we do get it, and um, I expect us to get it. Um, but we might as well just talk about how we how we'll go about getting it. Um, but yeah, just wanted to start off the start off the pod by kind of talking about how the table's looking at the moment with those results, um, both last night and tonight. Um, it's made it even a bit more spicier, and uh, as to how it's going to um, shake out for us at the end of the round with a win. Um, like I said, it'll get us comfortably in the top four and um, potentially even in third, and uh, and uh, certainly. Uh, beyond that, um, a comfortable break on the on the bottom half of the eight too. So um, it's really kind of that time of the time of the year that we could really start comfortably cementing our spot, um, both both you know in the eight as well as um, actually keeping track and getting into the top four. Now, where a couple of weeks ago when we lost Ge- Geelong, it started wondering whether the top four, how much in reach that was, but um, it's certainly right there for us to grab again. And um, I'm really excited for the opportunity tomorrow. It's going to be. Um, um, probably the results over the last two nights have buoyed me even more with um, how it's um, after all the talk about us and um, where Port Adelaide are at we still don't know yet but um, you know we've got a debutante coming in tomorrow that's really exciting and Dylan Williams and uh, Connor Rosie's playing his 50th game and he's roared back into form the last couple of weeks and uh, and um, you know Zach Butters is um, coming along more and more every day it seems and Dersma's looking like he could be back in the sand full as soon as next week um, we're just starting to get that little bit of there's just that inkling of um, hope when, you know, a couple of weeks ago after we'd lost to Geelong, it was just, you know, there was that little bit of um, just, oh, God, what, <laughs> where is this season exactly going? So still a long way to go, but it's just um, at, on the eve of a big game against Sydney, it's just, it just feels like there's a little bit of, little spark there, and um, I'm really excited to get the Oval tomorrow and see how it's going to shake out, but we might as well look at how the teams are shaking out, and we'll uh, look at Sydney first. All righty, so Sydney, they've got a couple of changes to the side this week. Um, going out, uh, Sam Wicks has been um, suspended, as well as uh, Logan McDonald has been dropped. So in comes Caden Brand, and as well as uh, Errol Golden, who's um, been one of their real shining stars this year. Um, they've obviously they kicked off the season in incredible fashion, um, going you know with that win against uh, uh, Brisbane at the start of the season, which was a shock at the time, <laughs> part of an opening round of shocks. And uh, as we know, Sydney went on and won their first four uh, with some impressive wins, not only against Brisbane, as well as um, beating uh, uh, Richmond um, quite handily uh, and at you know on Richmond's turf, as well as a win against um, a close win against Essendon, who 
You know, at the start of the year, we may not have been thinking too much about Essendon, but the further the year's gone on, we've really started to see um, the kind of team that Essendon are. Um, but they've had some interesting losses as well. They obviously they dropped the first one in the derby um, against GWS, and then they had a real probably <laughs> considering how Gold Coast are looking at the moment, they had a six goal loss. Um, sorry, almost seven goal loss really to um, to the, to the Gold Coast um, back in round six. Really doesn't look too good in the resume, but then they come back and they, they get a win against Geelong, close loss against Sydney, um, and a close loss against Frio over in Frio, and um, and as well as, um, you know, but then they got turned over by Hawthorne last week. Um, sorry, not last week, but the week before the bye, um, which they had just last week. So they're coming off the bye, and, um, you know, um, the records off of buys and all that stuff. I don't really buy into anything like that anyway. So, But they're certainly going to be, I think they'll be probably smarting a little bit from getting turned over by Hawthorne at home and particularly with how Hawthorne's year has been going. Um, you know, to get turned over on your home deck uh, by a team. Traveling the way Hawthorne is and really um, getting, you know, just turned over in every facet of the game. Um, you'd think they'd be smarting from that a little bit. But um, it's interesting with Sydney this year. Uh, they've been a fascinating study in kind of how they've gone about their footy because, you know, the exciting youngsters, um, they were putting up some really big scores the first three weeks of the season. Um, they, you know, it was 125, 121, 117. Um, and then they've they've barely, I don't think they've hit the 100-point mark since. Uh, sorry, they hit exactly 100 points against Carlton. But beyond that, they've um you know getting they haven't barely gotten close a couple of ninety point games, but um it, it's interesting when they kind of um you know certainly the first couple of games you know you got the you know Errol Golden and and uh, what was it Chad Warner Errol Golden and Brandon Campbell getting the Rising Star nominations the first three rounds and they're really playing an exciting brand of footy and really um, flying um but then it's kind of and. Interestingly, it's, it's something we've seen probably around the league as well. You know, there was a talk at the start of the season um, with the stand rule and the new rules and stuff like that that had opened up scoring a little bit. But it's it's almost that um, coaches have adapted, uh, teams have adapted, gotten used to how the game's going and have, have worked out how to lock things down a lot better again, defend better. Scores have probably dropped back a little bit. So footy's still pretty, you know, it's exciting. But um, certainly the, the footy's, um, whereas scoring's dropped off a bit and certainly... Uh, a team like Sydney and uh, a prime example of that with how just, you know, to be comfortably clearing 100 points, particularly um, against Brisbane and against Richmond in two of those games, as well as, you know, Adelaide, um, you know, had just come off that Geelong win in that first game as well. So, they you know, they were comfortably clearing uh, those scores against um, some good some teams that were in a bit of form. At the, well, can't say Brisbane were in form, but... You know, they were a good side and have shown they've been a good side since that time and um, and were a good side last year. So whether they caught a napping or what it is, it's still they kicked a big score, and but they haven't been able to continue with that. And um, like I said, it's a, probably a league-wide thing a little bit as well, but I think it more points to where Sydney are at with what they're building is they, they're, um, they kind of seem that they're a tough team to beat. Um, probably, I guess I say that and then look again at the Hawthorne and Gold Coast losses, which are... I think are more ab- ab- aberrations rather than um, trends. Um, obviously, they happen a fair bit of Barton. Beyond that, you know, they've they've lost to teams like um, Melbourne, but it was a close one. Frio was a close one. Um, they were able to stick it stick it out against St Kilda. Um, you know, there's a lot of games where they've had to they've had to come from behind. Um, you know, play and play a measured kind of footy. They what the, a bit of what they do kind of reminds me a little bit of how um, Geelong go about their footy. Um, 
control of the ball is really important, a measured, a measured attack. And um, that's probably what's going to be most interesting for how we go about, because uh, particularly with the Geelong result we had last last time out um, for ourselves, um, you know, we had to learn a lot about, you know, you've got to learn a lot about um, how to break down teams like that. Um, they're, uh, they're an interesting study in how they're going because Sydney are certainly on the rebuild, but um, actually playing some pretty good footy and probably going to play finals this year, I would think. Um, unless they have a real second half of the season drop-off, which can happen to teams that are up and coming like this, have a good start to the season and just peter out because they can't keep it going. But they've, you know, they've, they've transferred, you know, Tom Hickey's um, having his first year up there and he's probably having his best best year at the level. Um, you've got the experience of like Parker, Kennedy and Lloyd just um, doing a lot of things. And um, Callum Mills has been incredible uh, moving to the midfield. Glad I drafted him in my uh, fantasy keeper league at the start of the year. Um, you know, Papley's dangerous and, and Isaac Heaney's certainly um, an incredible player as well. So they've got a lot of, they've got a good mixture of like that youth that's coming through. And of course, I didn't even mention Lance Franklin. Um, you know, he's certainly not the player he was, but he's still incredibly dangerous and you have to watch out for him. Um, so the an incredible mix of like that youth with so many of those guys that have come in, like I said, those rising star nominations. Um, obviously, Sam Wicks and Logan McDonald were uh, out, suspended, and omitted res- uh, respectively. But um, another couple of youngsters that uh, are, are doing good things there, and um, so there's a there's a, it's going to be a tough test for us. I think. I think it's um, it's like I said. It's um, there's a lot about what they do with the footy that's um, it, is something that we're going to have. We're kind of is the the kind of footy that sometimes we have struggled with at times this year. And um, so it's going to be a good test for us. I think um, I certainly think that where Sydney are at now is a little bit of more of that time where they're trying to work out what kind of team. Well, not they know what time, kind of team they are, but how to how to put it together for four quarters, and that's probably where we can catch them. Um, I think they're just not quite there. Um, their probably game plan and maturity through it isn't quite there as to where we are. <laughs> but while while I say that and think about the inconsistencies in our game plan this year too, so. Um, what what the fuck do I know? But um, I yeah I I've got a lot of respect for what Sydney are doing this year and um, putting together up there with those guys of those draft picks they've put straight into the side and blooded. Um, there's a lot about what we've done over the last few years in that. Um, but I just um, yeah there, there's certainly a lot there to um to to consider for our our team going into it and uh, and what we've got to do to to defend against that. So we might as well look at um how Porter lining up this week and um talk about that. Alrighty, so as our Port Adelaide boys, um, as is just the norm at the moment with the fact that I don't think we can get through a game without an injury at the moment, uh, knock on wood as per usual that we get through this one without some though. Um, but yes, we sadly lost Robbie Gray last week in his 250th um, with that um, medial injury, so he's out for eight weeks. Jones, um, Lockie Jones sadly um, down with the hamstring. Um, actually, before I get any further into this, I wanted to talk about Lockie Jones for a minute because... There was some talk about, you know, worries about his body and all that stuff already because um, I think he's had a hamstring before and he's done his hamstring again. The syndesmosis was a completely separate thing. Um, I think he's not – is he 19 now? I might be um, – I know he had his birthday on the Richmond game, so I think he turned 19 during that game. Anyway, young man, still growing, um, a powerful player, an absolute powerful runner, player, jumper, everything he does in with the footy. He's an incredibly powerful player. Um, young bodies at that age are still growing. They're still getting used to the thing. You know, they're they're filling out, but they're still getting used to 
you know, these kind of injuries are going to happen a bit. We had it with, you know, Robbie Robbie was a little bit, in, had a few injuries younger. Uh, Hartlett was a, is a prime example of it. They're all guys that once they got used to the footy and got into it a bit, they, the injuries petered out because they were uh, take, learning how to take care of their bodies better. They'd actually finished growing and had gotten used to their grown man bodies and figured it out. Um, Lockie obviously is looks like a man mountain and far advanced in years as far as how his body looks. But the the fundamental part to the body, like the hamstrings and all those injuries, are still gonna he's gonna learn from these kind of injuries and and kind of he's in his first year in the AFL system, he's gonna learn. He's still probably learning how to take care of his body. But fact is, he's young man. There's some of these injuries gonna happen because of just the youth and the the spot he is in life. Um, I just don't subscribe to anyone getting you know, you know anxious about his injuries already. They're going to happen, especially with young players. They will happen a little bit more. Um, you get freak. You get a lot of young players that just come in and don't get those injuries. But particularly, he's the it's the kind of player he's he just the kind of player he is. He might get some because he's a bigger fella, and um, you know injuries. Um, unfortunately, the taller you are, and the more it does they that does lend itself to some injuries here at, at times as well. But um, I, I just, I've got no worries about it. Look, he's out with a hamstring for a month. Um, he, he might just battle with some injuries, but I think fundamentally he's going to be a really important player for a long time. So I just, I don't, can't remember what radio show I was listening to, but someone just muttered, you know, it was just a real, um, oh, geez, he's got a few injuries, doesn't he? Is that something to worry about kind of thing? And I just went, nah, just leave that one alone. He's in his first year. He's 19. Leave it alone. He's got a long career ahead, and these kind of injuries, I mean, hamstrings and footy are just um, a dime a dozen anyway, so uh, he'll be fine. Uh, no worries about Jones, but he's out for a month at the moment, so he's out, grey out. Laddams was admitted as well because we've got Marshall um, coming in um, after the concussion protocol. Um, love Laddams, but I think he's he's probably just hasn't hit the mark um, right, and particularly um, Scooter coming back in. His role in the ruck is obviously um, not necessary. I mean, second ruck is fine, but and I'm still, I'd rather Dixon spend all his time at forward, but he's probably getting Marshall in, um, having an extra lead up forward, a better marking forward. Um, probably more of a threat in the forward. And Laddams is great in the forward line. He just hasn't been, he hasn't been right there. And I think Marshall will probably be, provide more of a threat and better marking. And Marshall gets up the ground, moves around the ground a bit as well, which Laddams can do, but I just think Marshall's Form has been better. Um, if you look into the Twitter comments or Facebook comments at times, you might get a few, um, you know, uh, armchair coaches telling you that Marshall's not worth the paper his name's written on. But that's just um, that's just because he's become a scapegoat for that, and um, I've been guilty of it myself as far as just saying, you know, who's going to drop out. I think you know, but that was just um, a moment. But in general, I think he's the he. I, I agree with him coming back in. So I'm happy with that and great. Good to see Toddy back in the side, and um, the great, the big news, and the good news, and everyone knows about it. And particularly, we talked about in the review of last week when we were talking about um, uh, going to the Alberton, uh, going to Alberton for the Port Sturt game. Uh, Dylan Williams had a great game um, playing um, up forward, kicking the six of the Port Magpies seven goals, and um, he's um, earned his earned his spot after being drafted twenty um, third, I think, um, back in twenty nineteen. He uh, obviously missed pretty much all of the season last year, the COVID shutdown of um, the Port and Crows um, at Sandville teams and, and sadly couldn't do much last year. Uh, he's come in, played pretty well um, this season, but really exploded last week with that six-goal hauling. He's got 17 for the season in nine or 10 games um, at the level at Sandville. But yeah, last week really showed his class and uh, marking ability, um, you know, just strength and ability and leading as a leading small forward as well as... Um, 
some tricks and uh, tricks techers and selling candy um, with one other goal that um, I think most people have seen on Instagram. If you haven't, um, I think the Sandfall official Instagram account shared, shared um, the video of uh, Williams um, selling candy probably two or three times in one move before slotting from the uh, slotting from the pocket uh, right in front of the Alan Scott headquarters down there at uh, Port Adelaide. So um, have a look at it if you want to see a bit bit of um, what he's been doing and. Um, yeah, he's uh, a great video of him learning that he's um, getting getting his debut on the port socials as well. Um, so he he comes in and uh, just opportunity opportunistic time for him to kick a bag of six the day after we'd seen the news that Gray was out because he kind of comes straight in to take that role, particularly with uh, Arazio still out for at least this week and uh, possibly next week. I don't know where exactly where he's at. Um, he's a um, really welcome inclusion, and I'd I'd back him to kick a couple this week at least. Um, I think just the the necessi- necessity of um, what we'll need him to do uh, that that will just be um, we'll need him to kick a couple of goals this week. I think so. Um, yeah, really happy to see Williams in the side. Um, it's a great great to see another debut. Um, we love blood in the youngsters, and he's an exciting one. So get around him. Um, so what have got the emergencies? Uh, we got Frederick Mays and Woodcock as the emergencies. I haven't actually seen. Um, the press conference from today to see if he um, named the medical sub um, in the press conference. I should have a look while I'm uh, while I'm chatting away here. But um, the other big news uh, for, for the day, obviously, is Connor Rosie playing his 50th. And what better time to be playing your 50th? I mean, any time that you get to play your 50th AFL game, I'm sure, is uh, special as you're in the early part of your journey because it's, it's the first milestone you come to beyond your debut game. Um, then you get to your 50th game. So, and... Particularly with Connor, um, he's been, just been playing some incredible footy uh, this week, this this last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, the uh, Geelong game didn't end well as far as uh, you know how the game went um, in the end. But one of the highlights was uh, the fact that we um, got the job done. Uh, he got the job done at forward, uh, kicking a bag of five, and then last week backed it up with another three, and um, really looks fit. Looks. Um, eager and keen again like um his body language before the break i've said this before he um you know it's not like he looked like he didn't care or anything he just looked knackered and out of sorts and just a bit off the boil as far as just finding the footy the right ways and he's just seems to have found his touch again um so he's playing his 50th afl game after a couple of weeks or he's you know kicked a bag of eight he's kicked eight goals in the last two weeks so um there's no better time he'd be fit and firing and he'd be eager as eager as to get out there and kick a few more so um I'd back, you know, wouldn't be surprised if between um, Dill um, on debut and Connor in his um, 50th game, they kick five or six between them, just just those two. And then that'll be, you know, that'll set us well in our way when you have Dixon hopefully kicking a couple. Uh, Marshall and Georgiades chip, chipping in with a few. Um, that'll be well on our way to a, well on our way to a result right there. So um, I, like I said, when I was talking about Sydney, they've got a, they've got an interesting game style that's still building as they, as they, you know, as a re, as a building side that's just trying to get themselves back into the discussion of finals, and certainly are right there at the moment. But um, I, I think we've learnt. I, I'm hoping. Sorry, I say I think. Um, I'm hoping we've learned a lot from that Geelong game because between the Geelong game and uh, Bulldogs game, there was uh, you know Geelong play a real measured style of footy, and um, and but that have a really good ability to break, uh, particularly with that um, strong forward line. Um, really, the only thing that that's what beat beat us in the end was just that uh, that um, our turnovers leading to their um, incredibly quality forwards um, getting the job done, and that's not to say Sydney don't have, um, 
Franklin's certainly a danger, dangerous player. And but um, I just think I'm hoping that we've learned a bit from those results. Certainly, um, the turnovers um, last week really didn't give us any indication because um, you know Gold Coast just couldn't put any pressure on us anyway. So um, this is going to be a real first test since the Geelong game to see where we're at. Um, we were our own worst enemies that night. I just can't see that happening again. Um, I think particularly with the form we've found. Um, we found a bit of form in that game against uh, Geelong. Certainly Dixon, um, you know, a lot of talk about him against big sides. He kicked bag of four. Rosie kicked five. Um, we just probably let down um, in some other aspects of the ground. I think those aspects probably picked up a little bit last week. Obviously, again, not a great test against Gold Coast, but um, I just think that we uh, – a lot of mistakes, a lot of things that happened in that Geelong game – have been able to be looked at over the last couple of weeks and a Sydney present, present a great opportunity to kind of set those things right. So, um, I'd, yeah, keep an eye out for... Uh, and certainly Alir playing against his old side. Um, I think he's he's mentioned... Uh, there's an article on the Port website if you want to have a look. He's mentioned there's been a bit of banter there um, with some of his old mates at Sydney. And, but he said he's, you know, obviously... Once he hits the field and... Uh, so, well, not even once he hits the field. He is a Port Adelaide player and he's, he wants to get out there and get the job done for us. So, um, I just... Yeah, with all that in mind, I just think um, Porter just too strong tomorrow. I think I'm, I'm looking at about 30 points. Um, I think it'll be comfortable. Um, I don't think it'll be a, a classic game or anything like that or close. I fucking hope not. Knock on wood. I just want to. just want a comfortable day um, tomorrow. I think. Um, uh, so about five goals would be nice. Um, not to say that Sydney don't have the ability, and I think they're a tough team, so they will hang in there. But I just think we'll. Uh, we we'll just kick away a little bit. Um, Wines, in, uh, I think it'll be a great game for Wines to, because I think after after Geelong, uh, there was a little bit, there was a little bit of discussion started outside of the Port Adelaide fans that already know that he's in having a career best year. And last week after that forty three disposal performance, suddenly everyone's gone, oh fuck, this guy could win the Brownlow. Um, like I've said before, I'd love to see a Port Adelaide player finally win the Brownlow, um, but uh, happy to just see um, him continue to do the job for the team. So, um, yeah, I think he's – this is a great opportunity for him, though, with the eyes now on him a bit more um, to uh, have a big performance in front of – and, look, he's I think his lowest disposal count this all year in any game I think has been 24. So he's certainly not going to let himself down no matter what. So, um, yeah, just a big game for a lot of players to rectify a few of the things that happened against Geelong a couple of weeks ago and just continue um, in this vein and you know, take the opportunity. Like I said at the start of the pod, and we'll, I'll end the pod kind of the same – the results have fallen fortuitously for us the last couple of weeks, considering the loss to Geelong. We've, we didn't lose a spot in the... We haven't changed spot in the top eight since the bye, even with the loss against Geelong. But tomorrow finally presents, presents us the opportunity to actually jump up and really um, take hold of a spot in the top four. So with everything that's gone on over the last couple of weeks, that disappointing loss to Geelong, all that stuff, we haven't changed position and are now in a position that we can uh, grab a spot in the four, um, get that percentage build a bit more healthily and uh, really set set a break between ourselves and the four and those bottom, like, you know, the six, seven, eight kind of level team. Um, there's a great opportunity for us tomorrow. We've got to take it. So feeling pretty comfortable about it. Um, there's that little bit of tinge of worry because there is all that stuff about flat track bullies and having better team in the eight. But I just think tomorrow is finally our time. We'll get it done, get the job done, get that talk just muffled a little bit and just crack into the second half of the season as we have been. So, um, yeah, let's get the job done. Can the pair? We'll get the job done tomorrow and uh, crack, keep cracking into the season, uh, building some momentum toward the final. So, can the pair?